everyone. Welcome to Pro Healthy Heart Podcast. My name is Shalonda Peterson, and my goal for this podcast is to inspire others to live a healthier lifestyle spiritually, physically, and mentally. I will discuss topics on spiritual growth, health and fitness, and travel. I'm blessed to have a personal relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as well as by profession, I'm specialized in cardiology. My passion is to maintain a good spiritual and physical heart, which leads to inner peace and a healthier lifestyle. Today's topic is about maintaining a healthy marriage covenant. God states in the Bible that the wife is a wife to her husband by covenant. And before I speak on marriage, I'm going to first touch on covenant. So, what is covenant? Well, according to the Bible, a covenant includes a contract, but it is more than a contract. And what makes a covenant more than a contract is that it is tied to a relationship, not just to the formal issue. A covenant is a contractual arrangement between two parties, people, who are tied together by virtual of arrangements in relationship. The Bible has three covenant institutions. That is, institutions that God created to carry out his contractual arrangement with this planet. Covenant number one is family. And this is what I'm going to speak about in this podcast episode. However, there are two other um, covenants. And covenant number two is the church. His redeemed people. He has an agreement with them and it's called the new covenant where he makes an arrangement with them based on the relationship that through them, he is going to express his concern in the world. And then there's covenant number three, which is government. Government is the third covenant institution through which God operates the world organizationally. So he bears a relationship with all three of those. And that's why the Bible states, even by government and the president in Romans chapter 13 is a minister of God. Now, let's go back to the first covenant. The first covenant is marriage and family. Why did God create marriage? There are three reasons why God created marriage. And only one of them have anything to do with you being happy. The other two does not have any does not have anything to do with you directly. The first reason God created marriage is procreation, having babies. The Bible makes grand statements about having babies. But why? You may ask, what's the big deal about having kids? Well, remember in Genesis, God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply so that you would have dominion over the earth. So 
the reason God wanted married couples to have babies is not just a is not just um to have people look like them, but it had to do with the theology of dominion. Dominion meant reproduce yourself and spread out over this planet so that all over this planet there would be somebody ruling every area of the globe under his rulership. In other words, Babies are the way to make sure the name of God gets perpetuated throughout the whole earth. So if you have kids and when they become an adult, they all decide to move away. Maybe one is Texas, one overseas, etc. When they disseminate, the mark of God relocates to wherever they move to. So the purpose of having babies is for divine dominion. God's ruling everywhere. The Bible says, blessed are the man who quivers, whose quiver is full of them. Most of us have babies to carry our name, but God say he have babies to carry his name everywhere. The second reason God created marriage was for self-realization. Now, this is the happy part. God told Adam that he will make a help mate for him. That was another way of telling Adam that he needed help. (laughs) You are incomplete when it is time to marry and you don't. But as long as you're supposed to be single, God is your completeness. When it is time for marriage, God is now bringing someone along to fix up the rest of you that's lacking. The reason Adam was given a wife was to complete the lack. And God doesn't give you someone just like you because if both of you were the same, one of you would be unnecessary. He gives you someone different than you to make you, well, he gives you someone different than you to make up the difference so that you can fulfill the complete purpose of life as God has ordained it. Finally, the third reason God created marriage is for divine illustration. You are a type of Christ in the church. The Bible states the church is the bride and Christ is the bride's groom. In marriage, the husband is the bride's groom and the wife is the bride. So you are to illustrate a greater reality of God to his people. So a bad marriage means a bad illustration because an illustration is supposed to do one thing, illustrate. And so when you get divorced, you are saying something bad about God. Now, when God wanted to form a marriage, he established an agreement between a man and a woman in which they would covenant under him this contractor relationship that we call marriage. I'm going to break down the ingredients of a marriage covenant. I've already talked about what a covenant is and what the purpose of marriage is. Now I'm going to talk about it in principle 
and Malachi, then an illustration in Genesis 1 and 2. Principle number one, about the ingredients of a marriage covenant, the first and most important thing you need to know is it is a legal relationship established by God. In verse 14, for what reason? Because the law was, well, because the law has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth. Marriage was all God's idea. So therefore, it's a divine covenant, not a man or human covenant. And it's God's legal idea. And because marriage is a divine covenant and not a human covenant, only God can break the covenant. That explains Jesus' statement in Matthew 19, verse 6. What God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Why? Because it's not man's covenant. And man can't overrule a divine covenant. He says at the moment, you and your mate say, I do. It's stamped in heaven, legally certified marriage. But when a lot of people want a divorce, they don't go to God. They go downtown to the courthouse to Mr. Judge. And the judge grants them a divorce from a divine covenant. And he can't do that. In God's eyes, the divorce is not granted. God does not grant the divorce, at least a no-fault divorce. However, he does grant some types of divorces. Again, marriage is a legal relationship established by God, and therefore, only God can break it. Principle number two. It functions under authority. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 to 4, it states, God is over Christ. Christ is over every man. The man is over the woman. He, he gives a hierarchy. Everybody is under somebody. In marriage, both parties are under God and the woman is to submit to the leadership of the man. So since God is the ultimate authority in a marriage, he calls the shots. So when you said, I do to your marriage vows, you made a covenant agreement. Principle number three. Covenants are only entered under the penalty of death. In other words, when you break any covenant of God's, you die immediately, like on the spot death. And that's covenant covenant covenantal death. Um in Genesis chapter two, verse sixteen through seventeen. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying of every tree of the garden thou may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil 
thou shalt not eat of it. For the day that thou eat, thou shalt surely die. When you break a covenant with God, you are immediately separated from him. And when you are immediately separated from him, that's death. Well, I'm not talking about physical death. Um, so with death comes demise. If you are continentally dead, there is no person you can talk to, no place you can go to get continental life other than the author of the covenant. So you're basically in trouble. When you break the covenant, life falls apart for you. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. You will not have inner peace. The only way to solve this is to get back into covenant. Principle number four, it includes ethical responsibility that has a cause-effect relationship. In Malachi chapter 2 verse 13, it states, And this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping, and crying out, and so much that he regards not the offering anymore, or receives it with goodwill at your hand. But you may ask, why does he accept your offer? Well, in verse 14, it states, because the law has been a witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast death treacherously, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. And many may say that it's the Old Testament. But in 1 Peter chapter 3, it states in verse 7, Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And as being hearers together, the grace of life that the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. And ladies, don't get it too. Don't get too comfortable because God tells the women as well um, the same thing in the first six verses. It's God's covenant and he wants all of us to be obedient. Listen, this podcast episode is not to tell anyone what to do with their life, but to only share what my husband and I have learned and follow to maintain our healthy marriage that we feel could help other married couples. We're so blessed because God has tremendously blessed our marriage covenant spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, and emotionally and continues to do so. The qualities we have for each other is love, communication, respect, intimacy, joy, loyalty, integrity, support, understanding, and we pray and spend quality time together. This is both of our first and only marriage. We've been together for 28 years, but married 22 and a half years, soon to be 23 years married. And we have three beautiful children together, and all three are our biological children. 
people are always telling me that I look so young and they don't believe that our two oldest children are my biological children. We once um, had a neighbor ask if our two oldest children were my children. She actually thought that our two oldest children was my husband's children by another woman. <laughs> my husband and I just laughed and told her if she thought that, we can only imagine what other neighbors thought. She said, oh, they were wondering the same thing. <laughs> we were like, oh, my goodness. Well, my husband nor I did not have any children before we started dating. Thank God. My husband told me that he prayed to God for me. And God answered his prayers and blessed him with me. I was like, oh. And as for me, I wasn't thinking about marriage when I met my husband. I was just trying to finish school. <laughs> but my husband is definitely God sent. He's the best husband ever ever and as everyone say he loves his he loves me our children and our grandchildren dearly he's very protective of all of us we're the longest well actually we're the longest married couple couple out of everyone we know that's why everyone come to us for marriage advice and don't get me wrong we're not perfect and we have our ups and downs, but our ups outweigh the downs by far. And it's because of our personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus, Jesus Christ. The best thing I love about my husband and I is we always, always put God first and let him direct our marriage. When you do that, you will see supernatural things happen. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and it can make a positive and effective impact in your life. Subscribe to this podcast, leave a review and share. I will be posting a podcast episode every second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Also, follow me on Instagram at ProHeptyHeart. Thank you for listening to ProHeptyHeart with your host, Shalonda Peterson. That's all for this episode, everyone. See you next time. One love.